Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Many of you have supported independent tech news directly for five years. Thank you. Be like them. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, February 1st. Happy February, everybody, 2019. From Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Los Angeles, I'm Lamar Wilson. From the rearview mirror of the polar vortex, I'm Len Peralta. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Man, before we get started, Len, have you thought out? Sounds Uh, like it's been a little crazy in your area of the woods. And I can't uh, feel my feet. Uh, We're going to have to do something with my hands and the frostbite is in places you don't even want him to know. So please draw um, them for us. <laughs> yes. Uh, our, we're, we're so happy that you're still willing to draw considering you have no use of hands or feet. They uh, fell off on Wednesday. So you are amazing and look forward to what comes out of this show. <laughs> but uh, for the rest of us, it's a little rainy in LA and I know that uh, we've got some extreme weather in the rest of the world. So thanks To everyone for being with us, and let's start with a few tech things you should know. Amazon reported its Q4 earnings per share of uh, $6.04 on revenue of $72.4 billion. Analysts had expected earnings of $5.65 on revenue of $71.88 billion. So this was a good quarter for Amazon. Amazon Web Services revenue grew 45% on the year to $7.43 billion. While AWS now accounts for 10% of overall revenue, it represents 58% of operating income with $2.18 billion on the quarter. Amazon's other segment, which largely consists of things like ad sales, grew 95% on the year to $3.39 billion in revenue. Amazon had a good quarter. Yes, they did. Let's talk about Apple here. Apple temporarily revoked Google's enterprise certificate for the App Store, preventing use of iOS apps for internal testing by the company. TechCrunch reported that Google was violating Apple's rules for these certificates by distributing the ScreenWise meter app outside of the Apple's App Store. Facebook faced a similar temporary loss of its enterprise certificate from Apple after TechCrunch reported on the Facebook Research VPN app and its violation of its terms of service. Revoking the security certificates not only disabled the violating apps, but reportedly broke all internal testing iOS apps and tools used by the organizations. But as of Thursday night, Apple confirmed that both Facebook's and Google's enterprise certificates were restored. Peace on Earth. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit more about Amazon's quarterly earnings. So we yeah. mentioned had a good quarter. So in a little bit more detail here, the company said that it received a record 850,000 work applications for hourly jobs in the U.S. This was in October of 2018, after Amazon said that it would raise its minimum wage to $15 per hour starting on November 1st. A lot of people got on board. That was October. That's more than double its previous record for job applications received in a single month. Amazon also said that the new $15 minimum wage applies to more than 250,000 current employees in the U.S., 17,000 employees, give or take, in the U.K., and more than 200,000 seasonal workers. Those are workers uh, typically hired around the holidays. Yeah, so I'm I'm not well. I don't want to be that cynical guy because I yeah, I saw some of the Amazon hearings about them trying to get in New York, and you know they they're getting blown up right now about you know about you know wanting subsidies and things. But I it's hard for me to sit here and clap with them that they're giving a living wage to 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 people. Like I mean, it's, fifteen is above the obviously it's above the nationals, double the national. And it's above uh, Washington's rate at twelve dollars, so it's it's great. It's just it's, it's still not a lot to you know for what they make for uh, a lot to uh, for you know regular people to live on. I don't know the solution to that. It, it's just it's just kind of hard to read that. It's like yeah, great, you know, you kind of seem like they're patting themselves on the back. But I'm tr- I want to be positive. It, it it is great. You know, people obviously want those jobs. Look how many people applied. It, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so I I hope it could not only continues. You know, but but they they find a way to expand that a little bit more and not cut from other programs like they did to make that fifteen dollars an hour. You know, it, it's very much in some respects kind of a PR move trying to get ahead of the curve. And what's interesting is it's fifteen dollars an hour, which is a living wage in many places in the U.S., but not in areas like Seattle That's or, it, or yeah. like where you have a much higher uh, cost of living. And you know, fifteen bucks is probably actually you know a few dollars too short. Uh, to actually live yeah. live on that, but it's definitely one of those things. Like, hey, we better do something now before the government comes and starts saying, like, we're going to have a new formula to figure out what a living wage is for an area. And they, you know, they don't want to deal with that. And they figure if they give, this is my opinion, if they figure if they give a little, they can avoid a lot of pain down the road. Yeah. Well, and it also lends itself to the conversation about where is Amazon building new headquarters. Depending on the city that you choose or the city that you're closest to depends on whether or not $15 per hour is like, that sounds pretty good or that's impossible to live on. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Can't do it in the Bay Area. Can't really no, no, do it in absolutely. LA. It, it, yeah. It's a good point, Roger May. Like, you know, and it's even in Seattle. I used to live there and, and, and now my God, that, that you barely are surviving. Can you imagine not surviving off 30,000 a year? But that's, that's kind of the reality that a lot of people are facing now. So uh, let's talk about uh, Alphabet. Uh, Alphabet's life science arm, Verily, has pitched a prototype of smart shoes. <laughs> How smart? Well, they can track weight, movement, and potentially even detect falls. A co-development partner will be necessary to move forward, sources tell CNBC. Besides shoes, Verily's team is working health-related hardware projects, including smart contact lenses, and a smart spoon to make it easier for people with movement disorders to eat. Yeah, that's, so the, that's really this, cool. yeah, like the, the Verily Arm sounds like they're doing a lot of cool projects. 
I, I, and I know Lamar, you agreed with me this morning. We were like shoes. Yes. yes. Um, because, <laughs> because they're, they're, I'm, I'm sort of the curmudgeon of the group. Who's like, eh, I don't know. I don't have a smartwatch and I don't really want to wear anything on my face. And I like the idea of things tracking me, but if it's not my cell phone, I don't really want to do it. However, we all got to wear shoes. That would be a great way to, um, to be able to, uh, you know, get a lot of data points about my behavior without adding anything to getting dressed in the morning, what I have to leave the house with. So I love this idea. Yeah. I just got on the scale uh, this morning morning, and I was like, I I hate getting on a scale. I I mean, yeah, I'm doing doing great. (laughs) I don't like it either. I'm losing. I'm losing, but it's like, I hate getting on it, but just to kind of have that technology in your shoes would be great. Now I know they're looking for a partner. I, 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 you know, Nike's already doing some great things in health. I think they would be a natural fit. Uh, What do you, you think Adidas or, any of these other top, top brands? Yeah, good question. Yeah. And yeah, that's important. It's like you think, oh, it's it's an alphabet company, right? So Google will just like give them all the money and they'll make the you know most data-driven shoes ever. Doesn't yeah. really work that way with some of the yeah. uh, alphabet companies because they do operate in a silo of sorts. So yeah, it, it looks like Ver- Verily has something pretty cool and n- still needs a development partner. And I think you're right. Something like an Adidas or a Reebok or I'd say Nike, but it's probably not going to be Nike. Um, that would, that would propel this whole thing to, to, to something that, that, the general public could actually be able to buy and 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 take advantage of. Yeah, and it need to be fashionable, not not some weird techno shoes that no one's going to wear. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we've done that before. Um, yes, we have. <laughs> speaking of Alphabet, Alphabet's Loon subsidiary announced a partnership with the Canadian telecommunications company called Telesat to use Loon's temporal spatial software to find network to manage Telesat's new fleet of low Earth orbit satellites. Loon originally developed the proprietary software to provide internet access via an LTE balloon fleet. It can adjust the shape of the network to account for the shifts of both nodes and also end users in physical orientation and across time simultaneously. Very smart. Telestat, uh, Telesat rather, plans to use the tech to provide internet connectivity to remote areas like ships at sea and planes in flight. Yeah, I don't see anything negative about this. They they, they gave it a go. They they tested out with the balloons. It was a good a, a good run. And I think using low orbit satellites is just kind of makes sense. That's the you know. And, but it was interesting for, for me reading this that you know, and we and you talked about just in even the last article, like Google was kind of giving up some 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 authority here. Like they're they're willing to partner, whereas before we expect them to try to just do everything themselves. So uh I, I think it's good to see you, you got areas in Brazil and they've been testing and just so many remote areas that we we think should have internet that just don't. And so I'm um, nothing negative on my end for, for this. I, I I think they should keep testing. No, certainly not. And yeah, you make a good point that when people say, oh, Google, Alphabet, I don't know, same company. It's like, well, no, Google is part of Alphabet and there's a lot more going on. And the company did that on purpose mm-hmm. um, to be able to to build out uh, certain infrastructures and certain technologies that don't necessarily cross over into Google's bread and butter, which of course is, is, is ad money. Uh, so yeah. Lamar, when was the last time you were on a plane and how good was the Wi-Fi? So I was on for for New Year's. I actually fl- uh, flew and um, did I use what? Yeah, I I did. It was okay. <laughs> oh, it like you can't watch video at all. 
But I, I, I got I message. That was that was something. <laughs> so yeah, be nice well, you know, it's, better. It's, it's you know just yeah just just thinking about how something like this technology will help a lot of people in the real world day to day stuff. Um, I was original uh uh, uh on a plane uh. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, coming back from Mexico City. Very strange. I was on a United flight and usually it's like, I don't know, six bucks if you want to buy Wi-Fi for the duration of the flight. You know, sure. it might work. It might not. This one was like $14 for a three-hour flight. Crazy. And wow. but But the whole thing was... Oh, but um, it's premium internet, so you can download videos and do all these sorts of things that we've been telling you for the last couple of years you should never do on flights. Wow! And yeah, it, works? it didn't. No, it didn't work at all. <laughs> I, I had to get on. I was wondering for the punchline there. I had to get on the phone with United <laughs> afterwards, and I was like, "That was crazy. You just charged me double for internet that also didn't work for video uh, that I didn't want to stream anyway." My point being that the more uh, that we can um, invest into research uh, that gives us more options, the better off that the end consumer will be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next story. Mobile World Congress is right around the corner. I didn't know that. And Huawei is set to announce an expected foldable device. Huawei's keynote is scheduled for Sunday, February 24th at 2 p.m. Barcelona time and 8 a.m. Eastern time. Huawei also promised that end up, excuse me, NWC will see the world's first 5G foldable device. Yeah, so Mobile World Congress is right around the corner. This is where all the mobile phones of, of the future are, are at least, you know, trotted out. Whether or not they're vaporware remains to be seen. A little bit like CES, but for phones and for mobile devices. So we have we have heard a lot about 5G. We know that saying that you have a 5G capable phone requires uh, the carriers to provide 5G. Uh, Actual 5G, sure. Exactly. So yes, <laughs> it's a two-way street. So it's, it's, it is, it is lip service in a certain sense, but sure, Huawei wants to claim the first 5G foldable device. Okay. So 5G. Okay. Sounds I'm great. Good, I'm good with 5G. I'm good with 5G as well. Uh, when we were at CES Lamar, it was Tom and, and and Roger and myself and and you know everyone else who was there. There were some foldable devices, and they were cool. They were cool in the sense of like, whoa, how did they do that? But they weren't, in my opinion, they weren't really something that I would want. It was more of kind of that concept car of a of it, a mobile device. It was very much a. I don't want to say novelty because it cheapens what they did, but it was like, hey, that looks really cool, nice to look at, but probably won't have a use for it because, you know, it, it's a function that has yet to find uh, a, a form. Like uh, that, the, there needs to be a reason why you would need a, f- a folding phone, other than yeah. I need more screen real estate. Yeah, I, I think I think they're interesting, but I, I'm with you, Sarah. Like, I, I don't see you know, myself wanting to use that. I, I think our society is still struggling with tablets. We're still, we're still trying to figure out what what place they have, you know, it being a bigger phone. And so, yeah. you know, and to, just to have this, uh, another category of a phone, uh, I'm not trying to be negative about it. I just don't know where, where it'll fit in my, you know, my love of I, gadgets. Yeah. I, I struggle with the exact same thing. And it's not because I don't think it's cool. It's not because I'm like, I, I mean, 
show, show me what why I need this and I'll I'll get into it because I love new technology. Mm-hmm. But I'm also right. somebody who was for years my iPad was like my little security blanket on the couch at night. You know what I was oh, watching. So you TV, are a you know, okay. I what I I I was a very enthusiastic tablet user for sometime. And the reason that I'm no longer is because the iPhone got bigger and I, you know, found all these things a little bit too expensive. And so I kind of just like went with the phone, got a big phone. That's what I'm doing. If I need to, if I, if I need to go bigger than this, I got a laptop. So the tablet I've, I've kind of, I've taken myself out of the tablet market for basically financial necessities. So that's why one of these, one of these uh, hybrids that, you know, is foldable is very, very cool, but I also need to find reasons to use something that is a larger form factor again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're just talking about Apple here. Uh, got some news about them. Apple announced a fix for the bug in FaceTime, allowing users to eavesdrop on people before they accepted a call saying that it will be rolled out in a software update next week. The company thanked the Thompson family who tried to warn Apple about the bug, adding, we are committing to improving the process by which we receive and escalate these reports in order to get them to the right people as fast as possible. Lamar, had had you followed the story earlier in the week? I mean, it was a little oh, crazy. Yeah. The you know the story that you might FaceTime me and I might decline your call. I would never do that to you personally, but let's just you know hypothetically. <laughs> Thank and you. H- however, you know if if you kind of know a, a couple of the right buttons to push, you could hear the audio coming out of my side of the call. I mean, huge huge breach of privacy. And oh, oh yeah. Yeah, and I, I, and, and I, I, the okay, fact sorry. that Apple is like, we're, you know, we're yeah, a fix is coming. Of course, you would expect that from the company, but um, yeah, tough one. Do you know yeah. anybody who was affected by this? I don't. I don't know of anybody. I didn't try to replicate it. Uh, I just turned off the FaceTime until I heard they disabled it that part server wide, and then I because I needed actually needed FaceTime on because that's how I communicate with my grandmother, and she was uh-huh. right in Chicago dealing with that really dangerous weather by herself. So I needed to have FaceTime on then to to make sure she looked okay and it was okay and you know she you know so I'm, I'm glad they I'm glad they fixed it where to the point where I could feel comfortable turning it back on so and and also the last thing I want to say about this, this report very unusual for Apple to apologize they literally apologized in there and they they normally don't well Lamar do they've been apologizing for a lot of stuff have, as of have they have they oh, okay yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a new thing for Apple but yes yes um, more so than ever which is yeah which leads to a lot of think pieces from people being like what's going on at Apple you know <laughs> they're <laughs> they're apologizing for things that they did wrong rather than try to spin it as something that we all wanted in the first place yeah exactly the spin doctors. All right. To get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes or less, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. So we've been talking a lot about this whole app store, Facebook, Google, what has happened, and the story continues to unfold. So we'll go through uh, a a few notes. um, And Lamar, very excited to get your thoughts on this. Monday, Facebook was reported to be misusing an Apple issued certificate. 
that's for an internal app, something that doesn't have to be, doesn't have to go through the app store and go through all yeah. the rigmarole that you or I would have to do as a third party developer to get it in the app store. This is internal stuff. This is a, a, a deal that Apple has with certain companies that have enough employees where it's advantageous for both companies to do so. Those certificates were only meant for companies to use to distribute internal employee only apps without having to go through that Apple app store vetting process. But Facebook, and this is the story here, used that certificate to sign a VPN app called Research that Facebook distributed outside of the public bypassing the app store, which violated Apple's rules. Okay. So this is where Apple was like, "Mm, hold on a second. You know, we don't like this. Yeah. So, and it's, it's really interesting is that um, what they effectively did and what you just alluded to was, uh, these certificates are are sh- given out to to corporate uh, f- uh, corporate entities for corporate use for uh, enterprise use. Uh, right. They aren't meant to 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 be uh, to be rolled out to the public in the way they have. And what's interesting is that you know these apps when you see them, you don't go through the app store to get them. They the company in this case Facebook issued a link through the Facebook uh, app. And they would ask you, do you want to install this app? You say yes. Now, what mm-hmm. Facebook did beyond that was they also asked for root access to the phone. So by clicking on yes, and they installed this VPN app to monitor traffic to see what sites were people going to and stuff, uh, they, were, they had access to unencrypted or, or decrypted data on your phone. So texts, uh, any kind of emails, anything that you would normally consider to be protected was not because you gave the app root access, right? It's like giving some of the password to your Windows or, or, or Mac uh, laptop. Now, Google came in, you know, everyone's pointing at the you know, fingers at Facebook for being such a jerky company because, you know, there's so many reasons to be mad at them uh, of late. <laughs> uh, and it turns out yesterday we got this from uh, TV Zingon. There was a story uh, that was breaking late in the show yesterday where Google was caught doing the same thing with an app called ScreenWise Meter. Again, it was an enterprise certificate meant for internal use, meant for research, right? It's meant for a very uh, a closed, a very controlled system. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was being issued out to the public. And Apple rolled out the ban hammer on that as well. Although I will add Google's did not go to the same level as Facebook by asking for root access. It, so if, if data on the phone was encrypted, it, that app, uh, the Google app could not access it. All right, so so now we're getting into that conversation of okay, well, th- there were iOS apps that are used by a company like Facebook or Google. I mean, the thousands of people that would use a variety of these apps is is not insignificant. And for those folks who are like, hey, my internal Google transportation app that I use every day to get to and from work no longer works. This sucks. You have you have some repercussions of all of this that affect people that had nothing to do with what was the core issue in the beginning. Absolutely, and you know, so there's a couple of things here. It, it, you you have to look at this from Apple's point of view. This became public. This became a story on, on TechCrunch. So they had to do something. I I would think. Uh, Apple doesn't hate either of these companies that much where if this was found internally or quietly, they probably would have said, Hey, you got three to, you know, you got 24 hours turn, you know, to turn it off or whatever. But, you know, these are clearly Apple's rules 
and and they were agreed upon to and and, and so you know and and they weren't unreasonable rules like you know, and and you know some of the arguments that I've been reading on Twitter and on saying well you know well you know the the VPN app you know Facebook got permission they got explicit permission and that's true they did get permission from that 13 year old or 12 year old uh, that's problems in itself with that you know get you know does a kid really understand what they're allowing you to do but on, on the other one it still violates Apple's rules it is not supposed to go public so I don't blame uh, Apple for doing what they did I I fully support it they got they got slapped publicly and hopefully they won't do it again well oh go ahead uh, Ed. I was gonna say like you know what's you know, there's kind of two stories here. One is the big one is, you know, again, we find big tech companies abusing their position in order to collect data without necessarily the user fully being cognizant of what was happening, right? Especially when you target, you know, miners to to download and install this app, you're implicitly just with the and offering money to do it. Yes. yes. Um, the you know, without the the experience or wherewithal to understand what was going on. You know, another big bag tech story. The other one is for app developers, right? It, it showcases how powerful Apple actually is, right? They, they, granted, you're already playing in their garden, so it's like mm-hmm. their walled garden, but it really kind of uh, lays bare. You cross the big A, they're going to put the, they're, they're going to smack you down hard. And if they want to, they can make you disappear, you know, off their store, you know, ruining your business or ruining your livelihood or whatever. And, Oh, I think it, it, it's it's one of those things where you know maybe the maybe the kind of terms of agreement. And this is the stuff I've been reading. Maybe not so clear for a lot of the smaller developers who don't have teams and teams of lawyers or a, an entire department that can go through this, vet it, and explain to everyone what it means. Um, right. You know, it, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it definitely means that smaller developers are going to be extra cautious about what they do and what they develop outside of. You know, outside of this particular flaw, or not flaw, outside of this particular thing where uh, um, Facebook and Google got enterprise certificates yeah. and and manipulated them in a way that they weren't supposed to. But what if you were, you know, coming through with an app that maybe you thought was okay, but it wasn't because, you know, because of you know whatever uh, uh, social zeitgeist at the time is considered bad form, and then Apple would have to kind of whack you down. And then it kind of brings up the whole thing is now Apple now has to be a good content manager. And so they need to watch for what things may or may not make them look bad or good. I mean, there's just a whole host of things that kind of roll out. of it. Yeah. And I mean, and when, when you talk about the concept of the walled garden, I think most people go like, Oh yeah. Like Facebook. Right. I mean, Facebook is like the epitome of the walled garden that that works in many ways, but, but, but doesn't in others. The fact that Apple could stymie so much of what's going on internally with, with Facebook employees just doing, for the most part, it sounds like general stuff. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it didn't take the network down or anything, but this is actually just affecting normal people who, uh, and, and there are many of them who work at these companies that fa- that it, 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 it lends itself to the iOS is powerful enough that Facebook had not thought to replicate this in any way where they would never have to deal with Apple. They, have to deal with Apple, at least the way that um, it's all set up now. Well, well, well let's be, f- be fair real quick. I know we got to move on, but 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 Google also has the same co- kind of program. Remember, these are internal apps for testing 
for 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 iOS stuff. Google has they they also make Google apps for that. So Google could have done this. Could have been a story about Google shutting off a bunch of companies too. So I, I just want to make that clear that it's not Apple running this monopoly on the world and and they can and everybody can go down if they flip a switch. I mean, there there are multiple no, companies that can do but, this. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. It yeah. it just is sort of like if you build a lot of services on a platform that you don't actually run and yes. that platform goes away yeah well you know they they can't do their jobs stuff, stuff goes down it's not good uh, yeah. you know who does do their jobs everybody who participates in our subreddit you can submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com reddit folks we love you we also love the facebook group folks facebook.com slash groups slash daily tech news show join the conversation All right, let's check out the mailbag. And I think this is very apropos because we're talking about, uh, you know, the idea of, you know, what you own and what you don't own. And we actually had a a story yesterday with Justin Robert Young, who was our guest on the ultraviolet shutdown. Uh, Lamar, I know you have thoughts on this. Uh, Scott says, Mm -hmm. for as long as people are willing to outsource and run things versus own them, this will forever be the case. You will always be at the mercy of companies either making decisions in your favor or simply continuing to exist. People want technology to solve this problem, but there's a fundamental contradiction here that won't be solved by technology. Streaming services are fickle regarding what's the... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. They're today and gone tomorrow. Things like ultraviolet, movies anywhere, etc. are ephemeral and in and of themselves. The actual solution is for people to stop criticizing and dismissing ownership as something antiquated that only old people do and instead use technology to augment ownership and provide them the features they desire. 
I find that solution in Plex, which my family and I use exponentially more than any, uh, even my extensive uh, ultraviolet collection. This way, I know my content will remain available to stream on all our devices until I choose to remove it. If something happens to Plex itself, I still have my original discs. I can migrate into a collection to the next great thing. This is not necessarily expensive. I pick up almost all my DVDs and Blu-rays on big sales used off eBay. So Scott is like, I, I feel like I'm doing the right thing here. As the old adage against outsourcing goes, nobody cares about your stuff more than you. If you want the benefits and safety of ownership, you need to stop moving away from ownership. Lamar, I want to I, I want to know your thoughts about this because yeah. I, I'm I'm one of those people who's like, I don't want to own a pen. I want a paperless office. I don't want physical media. So I'm I'm all about the cloud. But I think Scott makes some really good points about where that you know that falls short sometimes. Yeah. So so Scott makes good points, and, and people who own who own things, you know, I I get. I listened to Roger yesterday about his bin uh, of the DVDs, and, and 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 I get it. Um, I think the problem happened when you know these companies offered this to us as saying you can own i own many movies on ultraviolet i own many movies on on itunes and i and i and i think that's the problem i i all like me now i'm not buying anything else anymore either i have a subscription to the service or i'm renting uh and that's just me because you know i don't have to go digging any any you know servers or digging any bins you know you know so that that's where the society is going. It's really about the subscriptions and things. So I, I agree. There's going to be a percentage of people who always love ownership. I'm not one of those people. I think they never should have said that you own a digital thing to begin with, and that would have that would have stopped all of this because we don't ever own it. It's it's code that that the company truly owns and can stop at any point. And uh, Tom wanted to chime in from from his vacay about the whole concept, and he wanted to make the point. That no one is actually losing ownership nope. of 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 their their ultraviolet content. They're just stopping the uh, the linking accounts across stores that were participating in ultraviolet. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but I, I like again, I I'm not anti ownership, but I like I, I don't collect things like that. So you know, if I just want to see Pinocchio, I'll rent it instead of shuffling through my garage trying to find a DVD from ten years ago that I, I stored in there. That's just twenty me. years. Ago. 20 years. <laughs> yeah, and, and, right, right. And I, Lamar, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I also completely understand the idea of like, well, but if my favorite album just goes away from Apple Music one day and has nothing to do with me and I have no control over it, like, yes, that would be very annoying. But it, um, I think it, it starts to become a conversation about how, you know, how we use our media, you know, how, how often do you listen to something like that so much that it really, yes. really matters that you still have it? I'm so how, glad you How said often that. do you watch that movie? Yeah. I mean, if you have that bin of DVDs, no offense to you, Roger, but I was kind of <laughs> laughing to myself like, you know that, yeah, how, how often do, you know, and you might because you have kids, but like how often do, you, do we really go back and, and, and try and, and watch those old movies versus just, hey, if I, if I think of this movie, hey, it's five bucks on it's, iTunes, cool, I'll rent it for two It's hours. my version of my dad's 30-year collection of National Geographic that sits in the garage. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's but, cool to have. You know, but, but you have the option to be mm-hmm. that guy. So, yeah. you know. A lot of no. people, are. A lot of people <laughs> no. are that guy. Yeah, nobody's yeah. right or wrong. It's it's um it's a it, an interesting uh, cloud world we're navigating going forward. 
What we're also navigating is Lynn Peralta's latest contribution to the show. Lynn, you've been so quiet, and I know you've been trying throughout the entire show. Let us know where you are. Oh, sure. Uh, by the way, just a little uh, tie-up on that story. Um, some of those uh, DVDs can be worth money for collectors. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the what I drew this week, you know, <laughs> uh, the big story, obviously, this week was uh, Apple kind of barring the door. Uh, to Facebook and Google uh, with their apps. Of course, they're back in now, so everything's all be happy here as we end the week. But I sort of did a dramatic representation of what this is. There's the App Store entrance. <laughs> There's the big bouncer with the brass knuckles. It was I Apple. love the brass knuckles. <laughs> yes, that's what it is, right? <laughs> and uh, these detail. guys, even though Facebook and Google are not little guys, you know, they're sort of being their, their buzz is being harsh here. Yeah, they're they're potentially the the biggest guys in yeah, the entire world. But they're not allowed into the party or weren't allowed into the party <laughs> right, for yeah. a little bit there. Yeah, so, you're crushing uh, our buzz, Apple. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, this is uh, great. Is what it is. Um, and it is available right now at my online store, lenperaltastore.com. And remember, if you are a backer of my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Len, you get this, uh, uh, you know, like about a month after. So you get these, all of these high res versions. So go and check it out. LenProfStore.com or Patreon.com forward slash Len. Excellent. So good. Lamar Wilson, also thanks for being with us this fun Friday. Let folks know where they can keep up with your work. I know. It's been a while. I'm so glad to be be back. It has. In fact, I know it's been since 2018. Yes, it has. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So I'm I'm still on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Lamar Wilson. I'm a variety uh, unboxer, do hauls and things. Some some of the ones your audience might be interested in. Uh, I've done a couple of mystery boxes pertaining to Amazon returns, like, you know, those liquidation boxes, like getting those, you know, buying those for a hundred bucks, but they say it's worth, you know, $4,000 and seeing, you know, just going in and seeing that the stuff is worth it. That's been really fun. I've done it a couple of those. One of those is highlighted uh, on the page uh, in the form of an eBay box. So if you like stuff like that, check it out. Uh, I got another one coming next week. Excellent. Well, uh, for everybody who is not familiar with our Patreon model, our goal each month is to get just one more patron than last month. More than one? Also cool, but at least one. You could be the person that puts us over the top, become a DTNS member, and get all sorts of perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash DTNS. Also, if you like the hat that I'm wearing, you can get one of your own. They're comfortable and they're fashionable. DTNS hats, dailytechnewshow.com slash store. we got a lot of other merch there as well. If you want to get a hold of us, give us feedback, give us questions, anything. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. It's going to be 20.30 UTC pretty soon. You can find out more at dailytechnewshow.com slash live. Tom Merritt, back on Monday. We missed you, man. See y'all then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.